Why don't you sing with me? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Sing, I'm thankful for the blood. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. I am thankful for the blood of Jesus. It washes white as Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I would like for you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Daniel. We will read one verse of Scripture from Daniel chapter 11. And a few verses from Daniel chapter 12. I want to say that I am extremely honored today to be given this privilege and opportunity to preach to such a great company of brothers and sisters. I want you all to know I love and appreciate you very much. And I have certainly been praying for you in the last few months. I don't know if anyone was more surprised than I to receive a call from Executive Chairman Pastor Floyd Odom than I to be asked to speak at this conference. But let me say thank you. And I'm deeply honored. I will certainly do my best. I want to say thank you to the Executive Council for what you are doing in this hour and in this generation, providing leadership. Each of you men that sit on the Executive Council have blessed me and helped me and strengthened me as I have made my journey with the Lord. I could say today that each of these men, I would be willing to drive hundreds and thousands of miles and spend thousands and thousands of dollars to hear them preach. But I've done that. It's not just something I would do, it's something I've done. And I want each of you that sat on the executive council to know that you are a tremendous blessing to me. Thank you for the gifts that you are to the apostolic movement in this generation. And thank you for honoring me with the privilege to preach today. Thank you for making a place for men like me to be here and to be a part of this great conference. 
Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, reads like this. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered. And every one that shall be found, or every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. One more verse, verse 9. And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed. Everybody say, Till. Till the time of the end. I want to talk to us today about the opportunities of the end time. The opportunities of the end time. I had several scattered thoughts as I sought the Lord concerning this service. I thought about how from the book of Daniel we could approach what I would call a new appreciation for the King of Kings. As Daniel and the Apostle Paul, we could talk about being world changers. We could talk about having brilliant minds and big hearts. Talk about probing the darkness in the sense of searching the yet unknown that is in the mind of God. With all these scattered thoughts, I... Finally, a couple weeks ago, felt like the Lord put a thread connecting them. We want to talk today about the opportunities of the end time. Let's pray together and ask the Lord to favor us one more time. God, in the name of Jesus, I love you. I love you. I adore you. I magnify you. You are so great. You are so mighty. You are so powerful. I love you. I adore you. I give myself to you, Lord. I yield my heart, my mind, my spirit, my soul to you. Use me for your glory, God. Feed this people. Accomplish your will in our hearts in this generation and in generations to come. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. You may be seated. In the year 2011, our world population reached 7 
billion. And it is projected that by 2050, we will have an additional 2 billion people living on planet Earth. That would bring the total number of human beings to 9 billion globally. Just in case those of you from West Virginia and Kentucky couldn't do the math there. You can boo me, that's fine. I just thought I'd create a little humor there while I could. (laughs) With all the increasing demands upon the earth through humanity's needs and wants, these, these demands are having an amazing effect upon our world. 24-7, all throughout every day, throughout the nights, there's constant motion and flux. Everything is changing, and it is doing so in a hurried pace. From the terra firmer, or firma, to technology, everything is changing and being altered. The earth, by storms, war, earthquakes, excavation, volcanoes, mining, and drilling. Every day, new technology is being presented as new and improved, better. What is known as cutting technology today, cutting edge technology, becomes obsolete tomorrow. Think about our our metropolitan areas. What was once farmlands is now concrete jungles as cities expand. Our skylines are changing. Old buildings are being skillfully demolished. And entrepreneurs are building new buildings that reach higher and higher and higher. And then we have terrorists in our times that strike places like the World Trade Center and alters our skylines forever. On my senior trip, I paid a visit to the Statue of Liberty. And while making my way over to that honored place, on the ferry, our group got together and we took a picture with the New York City skyline as our background. I had no idea when we took that picture how valuable it would become today because of the attack on 9 11. And so in this generation with bulldozers and backhoes and tractors and power tools and forklifts and cranes, we can build and we can build fast. It is amazing how quick they're able to put things together in this generation. And then 
There's cars and there's planes and there's trains and there's metro links and there's subway systems. We're able to get around quick. I mean, things just happen fast. There's continual change happening all of the time. Years ago, it was around the world in 80 days. But in modern times, the space shuttle could circumnavigate the globe in less than two hours. And so I'm just trying to lay a foundation today by saying with 7 billion people on this planet, there are a lot of things that are going on in this world. And it's all happening at a very, very, very hurried pace. What once took weeks now only takes days. And what used to take days now only takes hours. And what used to take hours now can be done in just a few short seconds. It's not snail mail anymore. It's email. You used to want to travel abroad. You had to sail the seven seas. But in this generation, you can just born, born, board a plane and you can fly the friendly skies. When King David reigned, it is believed that there was 50 million people upon the face of the earth. At the time of Christ, 200 million people. By 1830, we had reached 1 billion. In a century to 1930, it doubled to 2 billion. And then from 1930 to 1960, in 30 years, we went from 2 billion to 2.9 billion. And then in less than 30 years, 1960 to 1990, we went from 2.9 billion people on this planet to 5.1 billion. And then in 2005, or 6 billion, and 2011, 7 billion. What I'm trying to tell you, every decade there is a billion people added to this planet. And think about this, God knows every one of their names. And he speaks their language. He knows their thoughts. He knows how to relate to every one of them according to their personality type. He knows every detail there is to know about them. He knows their DNA. He knows their blood type. He knows the number of hairs on their head or the lack thereof. Boy, he's been subtracting a lot for a long time for me. And for some people, he's into their careers. And he's directing their steps, whether they know it or not. Whether they serve him or not. Because he's the God that sits high and looks low. And he reigns. And he rules. And he is in control. They can believe another belief system. And he can still be ordering their steps. Because he raises kings up. And he sets kings down. Think about this. I made, it, I made an inquiry on Ask.com and I found out that on average there are 93,000 daily flights originating from 9,000 airports around the world. 
At any given time, there are 8,000 to 13,000 planes in the air. And God is in the on-time departures and in the delays. He's creating divine intersections between people working His will as we traverse the globe. Did you know that there's 182.9... Listen, just bear with me for a little bit, I hope... There's 182.9 billion emails that's sent every day. There's 350 billion, everybody say billion. 350 billion SMS text messages sent monthly. And there's one app, some of you have used it no doubt, it's called WhatsApp. For those of you that travel internationally, there is more text sent through WhatsApp alone than what is sent through all the cellular networks globally. There's 350 billion SMS text messages sent with all world carriers and just through WhatsApp alone, there's 1.5 trillion text messages a month and God's in it all and God knows how through all of this hurry busy big world to get you just what you need when you need it and he does it for everybody as if we were his only child I think in light of our times, we need to step back and we need to consider again this great big God that we serve. We need to consider the magnitude of all of that's transpiring and all of that's going on. And consider again the fact that He is in control. He's on the throne. He's coordinating. He's orchestrating. He's arranging. He's maintaining order. He's God. He's still on the throne. And nothing happens outside of His watchful eye and His powerful hand. I mean, he's shaking the earth in California and he's creating political tensions in the Middle East and all over this world. You know what the Bible lets us know and teaches us that that the nations to God are just simply like a drop in a bucket to him. And the Bible lets us know that God has his way even in the whirlwind. I'm telling you in every little thing, in every little way, this world is getting bigger and more vast and and there's more people and there's more buildings and there's more that's happening and more that can happen and God's still in control of it all. And I'm telling you, the processing of all of this information doesn't even slow his computer down. It doesn't boggle his mind. It doesn't rattle him. Our times aren't even beginning 
to warm up his mental processor. It's, it's not even testing his cognitive skills. I'm telling you, the Bible lets us know that we're serving a great, big, mighty God. And while governing authorities are scratching their head as they consider the events that are taking place globally, they're unsure what to do. They don't know what decisions they should make. God already knows the decision they're going to make. And God already knows what he will do to bring his will to pass, no matter whether they decide to do his will or not. We serve a big God. We serve a mighty God. I'm going to do my best today, but I don't think I can do justice to what God is. His excellent greatness, His mighty power, and His marvelous plans are for this generation. I'm telling you, we're about a great work, and God wants to show Himself in this mighty big world that's already out of our control. I tell you what I believe today. I believe God is looking down with excitement as he considers the times that we are living in. I'm telling you today, God is about to show himself as the blessed and only potentate, King of kings and Lord of lords. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people believe today. Soon and very soon, every knee shall bow. It, it's not a matter of whether people are going to become believers or not. They're going to become believers. It's just a matter of when. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to tell you God's going to do it. He's going to show himself in more ways than one. But for you and I in this world time is winding up. And the end is drawing near. And we live in a big world and God is about big things. And, and I believe God is excited. As things get faster and corporations and ministries uh, get bigger, I believe God is thrilled. And God wants to breathe on us uh, and increase his will in our lives. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to remind you, brothers and sisters today, that God is not doing anything in this world as important to Him as what He is doing in the church and with the church. Let me just say it like this. Whatever God is doing globally, it's all about the church and about the salvation of lost humanity through Political upheavals. He opens doors. And he creates opportunities. The Bible teaches us that the eyes of the Lord have eternal perspective. He sees all things clearly. 
from eternity past to eternity future. He not only sees it, but he has his hands in it. Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9 is a familiar scripture. Let me read it again to you today. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, as much as you want to be used of God, the eyes of the Lord are upon you as his children, and he's looking for opportunities to show himself great and mighty in you and through you. even think today that we know the potential that lies within each and every one of us. We don't know the potential of the lives that live around us. There are some seed thoughts that you have today. They're, they're taking root in you and they're germinating and, and, and it seems that, that these thoughts and these Dreams and these visions uh, that you have, they just, they seem so far away and they, they so, seem so improbable. Uh, you know it's possible, but, you, but it seems improbable. Uh, I'm here to tell you today that the Lord has sent me into this congregation to let some of you know uh, that those thoughts and those dreams and those visions uh, and those passions and those plans uh, that you have within you are not just your thoughts uh, and your dreams and your vision and your own passion. I believe God has given you those dreams, visions, that passion and given you those plans. He has placed it in your heart and there's no better time to believe it than now. And there's no better time to start praying about it than now. Amen. Be humble, but realize that God has brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. And he's got plans, not just little plans, but big plans. Nothing is impossible with God. I'm telling you today, I didn't just come to preach pie in the sky, but I feel the spirit of the Lord upon me. The spirit of prophecy is in this house today. And I'm telling you, God has brought you to this moment, this season, and in this time. Not to wonder, not to worry, not to doubt, not to be discouraged, but to believe and have faith that you serve a mighty God and his work in you is great. Let's take a little time and pray. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is going to talk to you about things today that's beyond my ability to imagine. Just like He showed the prophets, He's going to let us see some things and we won't even understand it all. But we know we see it and God's showing it and God's going to do it. We don't know when, we don't know where, but we know He's going to do it.
It's time to fly. It's time to soar. It's time to move. It's time to believe. I feel the Holy Ghost saying today, we need to throw off the restraints. We need to let it go. Forget about worrying about what people's going to think. People's going to misread you and misjudge you and misunderstand you. The Holy Ghost said, it's time to work. the Lord wants us to hear today it's more than just it can happen he wants us to know it will happen he wants you leaving the house today saying not just I believe you can give me revival I believe you can use me to win souls I believe you can make a difference in me and through me in this generation but God I believe you are it's gonna happen they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits Let me say this right here. As your ministry develops and your church grows and the pressures mount and the demands increase, as you transition from a church that was across the tracks to the center stage of your town, as you go from handling hundreds of dollars to thousands of dollars, to millions of dollars. As you grow from 50 people to 500 people to thousands of people, you start daughter works and your ever-expanding influence broadens. Fear will want to creep in. And worry. We're getting a tall building here. This is outside of my ability, God. This is bigger than me. God, if you walk away from me, I'm in trouble. Fear will want to slip into your heart. Clouds of doubt will want to roll into your mind. I'm here to tell you God wants us to look at our times and get a fresh revelation and a new appreciation for the King of Kings. And if He builds it, He can keep it. I'm already out of my league preaching here today but I'm willing to make myself a servant and say God if you can use anything you can use me I'm here I put myself on the altar work your will I'm telling you I don't believe we have to entertain the spirit of fear I believe we've got one shot at this and we can do it right we don't have to mess up we don't have to do it wrong we don't have to go astray we don't have to worry about our building falling if God builds it he can keep it yeah. 
Just keep walking with the king. you ought to get a hold of somebody near you and feel the strength of God let it be the extension of the power of the law we are connected universally to millions and millions of people I'm not alone I'm not by myself and if I was God is with me Somebody needs to receive it. If God can build it, he can keep it. If God builds it, he'll maintain it. There's a husband and wife. You just need to join together. Let the Holy Ghost and the Word of God sustain you right now. Don't let fear and insecurities and what's gone wrong in the past keep you from believing God today. God said, I'm about big. believing (laughs) somebody's believing and that's all it takes everything's gonna be all right everything's gonna be all right it'll happen by faith It's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by my spirit, saith the Lord. Come on, let the Holy Ghost birth it right now. I got a lot more I can preach. I'm probably only halfway through. But we need to let the Holy Ghost birth what it wants to birth. It's time to let go. It's time for somebody to say, okay, God, I'm giving up. I'm going to quit worrying. 
I'm going to quit frustrating myself. I'm going to quit stressing. I'm just going to let go and do your will. keep preaching but I feel another wave of glory come on yield to it come on let God lay his hand on you in a new and fresh way let God confirm his will into your spirit praise God praise God Praise God. You can be seated. Please, please stay in the spirit with me. I'm a person I'm willing to quit anytime the Holy Ghost wants me to. But I don't want to fail to give you all I'm supposed to give you today. Stay with me, stay with me. In the book of Daniel chapter 2 verse 44, the Bible says, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all of these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. We are a part of something today that God has willed to impact nations. Not just a city or a state, but nations. And His will And his stated truth is concerning this kingdom that you and I are a part of. Of the increase of his government and peace. There shall be no end. I'm telling you, it's growth and progress till Jesus comes. Sure, turbulence and troublesome times will come in the last days and rob this world of peace. But that doesn't mean God's peace will not increase. There will be people who will hear the truth, obey the truth, abide by the truth, walk in the truth, and know the increase of the peace of God even in troublesome times. 
Let me just state a few opportunities. The opportunity for employment in the secular world is more available to us as apostolic Christians than ever before. I sat in an airport a while back and a table next to me, there was a manager talking with a couple of new employees and he was setting the rules and he said, you can't have fingernail polish, you can't have false fingernails, you got to put your hair up in some way and just going down the list and I'm like, all you need to be is apostolic. People that are able to conduct honest business that an employer can trust with a cash register. I'm telling you, this is our time. The opportunity, the opportunity for global expansion of the gospel and the local church is becoming more and more available to us. Home mission opportunities, foreign mission opportunities. I think about what WPF has started with Hope Corps. That's given the opportunity to people that are not even, quote, called into the ministry to be able to share in teaching and instruction and have vision created to where they can impact their local church. There's opportunities available to anybody all over the world that's interested At any time of their life, not just young people, but any time of their life to say, I want to give some study and some time of consecration to the work of God. Hope Corps is making that available. I just met Brother Jess Parker of late. And as as I was talking, I'm sorry, Brother Parker, we're just getting acquainted, but I'm bringing this up. But but as we talked just a little bit, I was so inspired how that he said there's been multiple churches that's been started through people that was a part of his local assembly and that there are, quote, daughter works that are larger than his headquarters church, if we can just use that term. I'm just trying to tell you there are more opportunities and there's people that's open to the will of God. Technological advances... The internet, and I know there's, there's mixed feelings about that, but just, just help me show you some opportunities for the end time. It's, it's, it's helping us to go where we've never been before. And I, I've heard it said like this of late, it's past the day of just having a website, you need an app. We've moved beyond that to the app, and the app connects back to the website, and... And so there's apps for iPhones and Androids, and I'm not going to get into that conflict. But Holy Ghost Radio, you know, Holy Ghost Radio has already had 150,000. It's over this. Over 150,000 people download their app. On Holy Ghost Radio, there's over 5,000 listeners at any given time. And over 20,000 listeners to live events. It's happening. It's happening. 
Apostolic Classics, Apostolic Vault is an app you can download. They have over 2,000 listeners at any given time. My little church in Jennings, small town of just a little over 10,000 people, we receive over 6,000 hits a month on our website. Research says that 60% of all, quote, Christians are going online and looking for spiritual content. We better put our footprint. Because they're looking and they're searching and they're praying. And I believe God can use it to make a difference. It is an opportunity of the end time. Opportunities for personal evangelism are more open to us than ever before. This cruel, dark, broken world that needs love and somebody to care. Broken homes and broken relationships needs a church that's got it together. Not perfect, but know what they're about. That becomes a peaceful harbor that troubled souls can sail into and find peace and love and transformation. Listen at this. This is statistics from 2012. Singles ministry. Another touchy subject. 32.7% million Americans live alone. 32.7 adult Americans live alone. That many million people. Listen to this. Half of them are between the ages 35 and 64. The most single cities of the U.S. are Cleveland, Denver, San Francisco, and Seattle. Where more than 40% of the adults live alone. That's if you walk the streets of those cities. At least four out of every ten people you would meet lives alone. This is what the article stated. The rise of living alone represents the greatest social change in the last 60 years. How will we connect with and reach these single people. Now, I'm not suggesting to y'all to start a singles ministry. That's y'all's choice. I am just saying it's a part of the demographic of our times. And if we can see the need, we can meet the need. Become aware and let us help those people who are hurting and broken. And I'm going to tell you, we don't like it But there's more and more divorce happening 
I'm telling you, it wrecks people's innermost being when they go through these tragic events. God teaches how to minister to the brokenhearted. I got to keep going here today. The opportunity for service. The opportunity for service in the kingdom is more diverse than ever. You don't just have to be a preacher to become full-time in the work of God in this generation. Churches are needing full-time staff members. They're needing people that have computer skills. I have found in our small town, there's people, when they come visit and they fill out our visitor's card, they will not give us their telephone number, they do not give us their physical address, but they'll give us their email address. And so this year, we have proposed in our assembly that we're going to start sending out a weekly email that tags in. Got to have secretaries. People that can create things. Computer design. IT people. I'm just telling you, the opportunities in the kingdom are more vast and diverse than ever. It's more than just a song leader. It's more than just a youth director now. It's more than just pastor and pastor's wife. I'm telling you, God has got a lot of things that He needs done in this generation. What He needs is people that will get on the altar and say, You're a mighty big God that's got mighty big plans. And I don't even know my potential. But I'm going to put myself on the altar and say, God, whatever you want to do with me and whatever you see is available for my life, I will do it for your glory. It's time to give up small dreams. I'm just telling you, the Holy Ghost says it's time to believe that anything is possible. Let me just say this and I'll move right on. When you find something that you need in your ministry, brethren, in your local church, for your organization, you say, I need this. I I need this kind of person. Let me tell you, I believe God already has somebody prepared and ready for it. Um, They may not be a part of your organization at that moment, but God's going to send them to you. And even if they're part of another assembly, God can work it out to where God... God will bring them to you ethically and righteously and God will meet the need in your life. Just like this, when King Nebuchadnezzar needed people that had the gifts and the abilities to, to, to learn his language and stand in his palace, the king of kings already had some young men present and ready. I'm reminding you, God will always supply the needs when they come into our lives. The opportunities of the end time. I'm not through just yet, but would you, would you like to give yourself to the Lord? Would you like to just say... Lord, I've been living in fear and worry, smallness, insecurities. I'm ready to let you raise me up in this end time hour. 
I'm ready to let you use me for your glory. Hallelujah. Listen, God's work is not going to be a little work in the last days. The Bible said that they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many, everybody say many. Many. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. And then he says, but Daniel, just go ahead and close the book. The well's flowing, you're writing, you're seeing, but I'm going to stop the well. Close it. There's more. I've let you see some things that you, you still want to ask me questions, but, but go ahead and close up the book, Daniel. And then Daniel said, I looked and behold, there stood other two and one on this side of the bank of the river and one on the other side. And then he started to say, and, to say unto the Lord, you know, okay, God, what does this mean? And God says, no, 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 no. He said, listen, go thy way, Daniel. For the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Daniel, you're driven with, by a desire to know. And you're driven by a desire to do. Now I'm going to tell you, that's the two great points about the end time. Is that the end time provides for us the opportunity to know like no other generation. And to do like no other generation. And those that know are people that's going to be strong and courageous. They're going to stand like the three Hebrew boys and not bow. They're going to speak and say, this is the interpretation of your dream, king. As Daniel, they that know shall be strong and do. Many's going to run to and fro. The ability to traverse, travel and connect and gain knowledge and understanding and revelation. I know we live in a, a generation and, 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 and even I, growing up, always saw that scripture in a negative light. It was taught as if The end time being so hurried and being so fast paced that there would be people that would lose out with God and and, and they they would let the hastiness of our society and the busyness of our times rob them of their relationship with God. And I'm telling you, that's true. But this scripture is teaching that in the end time, there's some people are going to see the end time for what it is. They've studied the book. They've read it. They've searched it out. And the end time is not going to catch them off guard. And it's not going to get the best of them. They're not going to go into error. They're not going to be overcome by carnality. But they're going to be running to and fro. God's going to be turning the light on. Giving revelation, knowledge, and understanding. Making his will known. And they're going to be running everywhere saying, Look what the Lord's doing. Receiving revelation. God
God wants to move in Alaska. God wants to move in Louisiana. Saying God wants to move in Africa and Europe and Asia. They're going to see it. They're going to say, let's go. Let's do the work of God. Let's let God do in the end time what he wants to do. Now for, i got to preach a little bit more, I'm sorry. Now for brilliant minds and big hearts. I know the Bible says, I know the Bible says that when the chief priests and scribes and elders saw Peter and John, they noticed that they were ignorant and unlearned men. And so... So many in this world and in this movement, in this generation, take that and they promote spiritual ignorance and a higher learning and gaining an education and continuing to grow mentally. Can I tell you that that scripture is not promoting ignorance? I know you know that, but just let me remind you some things today. The Bible said it, they took note that they were ignorant and unlearned men. But they took note that they had been with Jesus. They may have started ignorant and unlearned men. But they walked with the greatest teacher of their time. They walked with the God of heaven upon earth. And he taught them. And he instructed them. And he imparted knowledge. And gave them revelation. They may have started ignorant, but they didn't stay ignorant. I want to remind you that the great apostle Paul, who turned the world upside down, as was already quoted in this meeting, was not an ignorant and an unlearned man, but he was a man that sat at the feet of teachers. I'm not telling you today, you've got to have a formal education. I'm telling you, I only took uh, four semesters uh, of higher learning. I wished I had my degree and not just having a degree. I wished that I had the knowledge to draw from. Be patient with me, AST. I'm coming. I got too much to do is my excuse right now. But I'm telling you, the Apostle Paul received a formal education with the greatest teachers of his time. Gamaliel was his teacher. I think of Daniel. He said, I understood by books. God had some things planned for his people. And I said it in my heart. I want to know. I want to understand. I want to be a part of it. God, I think it's getting close to the 70 years, God. I read it. You're up to something. You're doing something. I want you to let me know what's going on. What's your plans for your people? What's your mind and what's your thoughts, God? I want to probe the darkness. The yet unknown. There's some things that are sealed up till the time of the end. And I'm telling you, I've always been challenged since a young man by that scripture that says, God, if there's some things.
not going to let it be known until the end time. I want you to know. I want to know it. I'm not talking about something outside this book. Everything God ever reveals will be in unity with this book. We don't need another book. I'm not just talking about that. I'm just trying to tell you there's some understanding of things revealed that will not be understood until the time of the end. And we can know it. It's our chance. It's our opportunity to know and to do that work of God. Let's do it. So you don't have to have a formal education. But keep learning. Keep growing. Keep praying. Keep pursuing. Probe the darkness. Let God use you to change this world. Shine as brightness. The teachers are going to shine. And I feel like it's time to close. What God wants us to do and what He wants to call forth is some people that'll be like Daniel and say, I'm willing, God, to have a season of consecration. I know we're living in a generation where they're questioning whether Daniel actually fasted or not. I'm going to tell you, if you willfully choose to do without anything, you're sacrificing. And he was going through a season where he limited himself. I'm telling you, Daniel's a powerful inspiration and he's a great example for our end time. Is that you can be a prime minister and a prophet. I mean, you can be the number two man in the world. And it not conflict with the will of God in your life. They can peacefully coexist when it's the will of God. He had people pulling on him, making demands, trying to butter him up. Play politics. But there's one thing that pulled on his heartstrings that meant more than anything else. And it was, I want to know. I want to know God's thoughts. I want to know God's plans. I want to know, God, what you're going to do with Israel. And I'm telling you, he went into a season of sacrifice. And God began to open things up to him. He saw the Maccabees. He saw Messianic truth. He saw... Millennial overturn tones. I mean, he saw it on multiple levels in the spirit. It's going to happen and happen again. Happen again. One prophecy. I wonder what could happen if every one of us would commit ourselves to entering in whatever way a fresh season of consecration that says, God, I want to know and I want to do in the end time I want to know and I'm telling you when he began to see and God began to move 
he didn't have any more strength in his body he would shake and he would quake he'd tremble I heard that Brother Bean would say, there's not hardly anything a three-day fast won't break. I wonder if this WPF conference can't right here at the close of this message in your own way, get on your knees, lay on the floor, stand on your feet, but do whatever you want to do to express and to yield to whatever's inside of you that says, God, I want to know. And God, I want to 